Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. The scripture this morning is from James 1, 17 through 27, and this is the Common English Bible Translation. Every good gift, every perfect gift, comes from above. These gifts come down from the Father, the creator of the heavenly lights, in whose character there is no change at all. He chose to give us birth by his true word, and here is the result. We are like the first crop from the harvest of everything he created. Know this, my dear brothers and sisters. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. This is because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. Therefore, with humility, set aside all moral filth and the growth of wickedness and welcome the word planted deep inside you, the very word that is able to save you. You must be doers of the word and not only hearers who mislead themselves. Those who hear but don't do the word are like those who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves, walk away, and immediately forget what they were like. But there are those who study the perfect law and the law of freedom and continue to do it. They don't listen and then forget, but they put put into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. If those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. Their devotion is worthless. True devotion, the kind that is pure and faultless before God the Father, is this— to care for the orphans and widows in their difficulties, and to keep the world from contaminating us. This was the word of God for the people of God. In a world that is full of gray area, you know what I mean when I say gray area? There's the black and the white, and we live in a world that is full of the gray. In a world full of gray area, James's letter is like a breath of fresh air. Though James is presented as a letter, it actually reads more like moral exhortation. There are 59 imperatives in its 108 verses. James offers us a little ethical advice, some moral reasoning, some practical mandates, and some socioeconomic commentary. In our verses for today and throughout the letter, James drives to the point that our theological integrity, our wholehearted, consistent, comprehensive devotion to God, requires of us a particular kind of life and character. Now, I will be the first to say that life is messy and complicated. There are not always easy answers. But sometimes things are a lot simpler than we make them out to be. Therefore, I can appreciate James and his directness. In just a few words, he not only tells us what we should do, but also tells us why. So let's start to unpack this passage a little. First, we are reminded that every good thing comes from God. It's good to remind ourselves of that. Sometimes we like to pat ourselves on the back as if 
the things we have come from our own doing. We need to be reminded that no matter how hard we work, no matter how much money we have, no matter how talented we think we are, every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. And this theological stake in the ground is an important starting point because it grounds human responsibility with the divine initiative. Like, we love because he first loved us. Here we learn that God cares for the whole world and makes all things new. These good things, the word, the gospel, they call us beyond ourselves and ultimately call us to action. God supplies the good things in people's lives. And out of this basic affirmation, James instructs Christians about daily life. This is an important starting place because it reminds us that James's teachings do not come from a legalistic place. It's not just another list of do's and don'ts. Our choosing righteousness is not out of fear of condemnation, but instead because we are responding to God's divine initiative of love and grace. Now, I would argue that James, like me, was a practical theologian. Now, practical theology, as its name implies, is the study of theology in a way that is intended to make it useful or applicable. It's acknowledging the truth and then asking, so what does this mean for my everyday life? It does not get lost in debating the gray areas of life, but instead focuses on what's black and white. It may be a simpler way to approach our faith, but I would argue that oftentimes it's also harder. A couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast by Brooke Castillo called The Life Coach School. Has anybody heard of it? No? Okay. Highly recommended. Um, it's called The Life Coach School. And she talked about the difference in passive and massive action. Passive and massive. Passive action seems to be where we spend most of our time. It's the time we spend learning, sitting in meetings, scrolling on social media, watching TV, reading. Basically, the time we spend consuming things. It's when you work for an entire day and it's 5 p.m. and you stop and ask yourself, what did I even accomplish today? Now, massive action is the opposite. It's all about productivity. It's putting your money where your mouth is. It's not having a meeting to talk about something. It's actually doing something or producing something in that meeting. Are you seeing the difference? Yeah, are you with me? Are you seeing the difference? I think James is all about massive action. It's about looking at our faith and the way we live our daily lives and the seeing the places they connect. It's about being doers of the word and not just hearers. 
It's clear that James was a people watcher. He paid close attention to the details of everyday living. He noticed the little things, the generous acts, the small gifts, the gestures and words we use. He knew that these small acts are the nuts and bolts of everyday life, holding together the scaffold in which we build community and social order. In these few verses, the verses that we read today, James is especially concerned with the way we use words. The way we use words. Why? Because they can make a big difference in the way we relate to one another. He knew that our words reveal something about ourselves, our motivation, our intention, our belief, and our inward emotional life. We use words to express ourselves, to convince and to convict, to describe, to name, to blame, to win arguments, to sell an idea or an object, to explain things into or out of existence, to persuade, console, to counsel, to announce, to deceive, to ask someone to marry, to declare war or make peace, to sentence someone, to diagnose a condition, to analyze a problem, we cannot get along without words. Words can alarm, harm, uplift, inspire, degrade, or silence someone. They reveal our inner thoughts. Where will we be without words? According to James, we cannot bring about God's righteousness through revengeful or evil speech, which only spreads to destruction. According to James, we cannot bring about God's righteousness through revengeful, revengeful or evil speech, which only leads to destruction. And I think to myself, like, dang, James, way to preach to 2018 America, a place where we have gotten so used to hate speech that we rarely notice it anymore where we are quick to complain, cut down, and criticize. We speak before we fully understand, assuming that we want to understand at all. We live as if our frame of reference or reality is the only truth. It's not the only truth. It's our truth, and different people experience life differently. Earlier this summer, our book club, our faithful few sitting over there, here at Sandy Springs, read the book, Waking Up White and Finding Myself in the Story of Race by Debbie Irving. It's a book where a middle-aged white woman from the Northeast shares her struggle to understand racism and how many of her beliefs about race, though well-intended, we're actually perpetuating an oppressive system. And throughout the book, we saw Debbie transform. She learned the art of listening and the power of language, and that verbally acknowledging our deficits can be a major step towards healing. So this is what James tells us, that we are to be quick to listen, because not listening enough 
leads us apparently, inevitably, to speech that is angry and unproductive. So this is what James tells us, that we are to be quick to listen because not listening enough leads us apparently, inevitably, to speech that is angry and unproductive. In an age where people are so quick to speak, what would it look like to be a church that listens? Like I said earlier, I really appreciate James's letter because of how practical it is. Well, it's not complicated, but it's also not easy. James calls us to a practical faith that is quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. What we say matters. But James also reminds us that hearing alone is not enough. We must also do. What we do matters. Verse 22, you must be doers of the word and not only hearers who mislead themselves. Those who hear but do not do the word are like those who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves, walk away, and immediately forget what they look like. As we have heard many times before, actions speak louder than words. Our words may reveal our emotional life and help us predict what is going to happen, but our actions initiate change. They tear down walls. They create spaces for healing and reconciliation. Through this kind of massive action or faithful activity, we are ushering in the kingdom of God. Actions add value to our words and give them life. In this way, our faith becomes practical, creating relevance and meaning and integrity. And we live in a world, maybe now more than ever, that needs a church who is willing to make faith relevant, a faith that listens and builds relationships and values all people, not just with word, but also with deed. So you might have realized by now that this way of doing church, of living into our faith, this practical theological way, is not as easy or even as simple as James makes it out to be. Wait, or is it? In the name of the creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Now let us go in peace with the grace of Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.